0: You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit Romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. So two years ago at Parshat Vayetze, I found myself walking in a goat farm in Northern Israel. And I'd been studying with Aviva Zornberg. And I'd been studying storytelling. And my, ma- my mind was really abuzz with fathers and sons and rocks and sisters and toxic jealousy. And I looked down on this farm and I saw a rock. Now, I don't have a rock thing. I don't have a rock collection. But this rock stared right back at me. Now, this is a big room. Can you see this rock (laughs) staring at you? Okay, you can see. Well, you're in the front row. Okay. So, So, this rock, even though I had limited space and limited weight, Coming back to America from Israel, somehow this rock found its way to, to America. So, two years later, Parshat Vayetse, I wanted to tell an ancient story about a rock with a little help from a rock. Vayetse Yaakov mi Bershava Vayelech Harana. Vayetze, and Yaakov left. He fled. This fleeing, it wasn't so much about where he was going to, about what he was, rather about what he was fleeing from. And what was he fleeing from? Who was he fleeing from? Most people say he was fleeing from his wronged brother, who was primed to murder him for stealing a blessing and a birthright. But he was actually running from someone else from his father, (laughs) Yitzchak. Infirm Yitzchak, blind Yitzchak, passive Yitzchak. Yitzchak, who loved so dearly his wife Rivka, Yitzchak, who loved so dearly his son, who smelled of the field, his son, the hunter, Yitzchak, who never once in his life showed any love to his son, Yaakov. This distant father who spoke of his God, a God whom Yaakov had never seen and perhaps would never see. So Vayetze Yaakov Yaakov will strike out on his own, become the anti-Yitzchak. He'll be a direct descendant of Avraham, the trailblazer, the founder, not the son of this frail old man. Yaakov walks and walks until suddenly, he bumps into the Makom, the place. But this is no ordinary arrival, and this is no ordinary place. The rabbis tell us that this is a supernatural, geographic kaboom. (laughs) When Yaakov steps foot into this lonely field that will become Beit El, another mountain a mountain from the not-so-distant past begins to tremble, a mountain on which a father stood to sacrifice his son. Almost like a tectonic plate magnetically pulled towards another, this mountain, Har HaMori'ah, crashes into, merges with Beit El. If the tectonic plate image doesn't speak to you, I also imagine it as kind of like um, an exposed negative on an old photograph. Two places, two geographic places laid, one on top of the other. So here Yaakov stands, straddling two places at one time. He has one foot on a wide-open, unknown place on a future, and at the same time, his other foot stands on a place buried deep in his familial memory, the locus of his father's most horrifying trauma, Har Hamoria, the place where Abraham bound his son on the altar. Amazingly, Yaakov grew up and he never heard his father's story. He had no idea. So perhaps he didn't even feel the ground tremble. And yet the place felt odd and the sun set at an unusually early hour. In the moonlight, Yaakov begins to search for a comfortable place to rest his head for the night. The ground is cluttered with rocks of all shapes and sizes, but his eyes fixate on this one specific rock. It wasn't a particularly unique-looking rock, and it wasn't a particularly comfortable-looking rock. But his gaze returns and returns over again. Yaakov can't know this, but years ago, this very rock was the cornerstone of a Mizbeach, of an altar. This rock supported the head of a trembling boy, of Yitzchak. It is in this place that God will appear to Yaakov for the first time. At this juncture where he stands with one foot in the present and future and the other foot in his family's past, a past that he had never acknowledged. When he wakes in the morning, he calls out, "Achen yesh Hashem b'makom lo yadati. Indeed, God is in this place, and I, I didn't even know. Aviva Zornberg draws on the Kabbalistic rendering of Anochi lo Yadati. I, I, I didn't know. The Kabbalist said, I don't know me. Anochi lo Yadati. I don't know who I am. Yaakov is saying, I don't know who Yaakov is. And according to Aviva Zornberg, he cannot fully realize himself until he's in this place, until he visits his father's trauma. So many of us strike out on our own valletze as young adults, or maybe as older adults. We define ourselves against the perceived or real weaknesses of our parents and siblings. Even when we're part of a close family, this is how we learn to differentiate. We go off, we build entire lives outside the shadow of our families. My sister says that she became a Chinese historian because it was the only area of history that my father didn't know anything about. (laughs) We become confident in what we've built, and we feel quite chuffed that we have evolved so successfully beyond our family. And then comes Thanksgiving where past and present collapse into each other, the past sometimes almost kidnapping all of the achievements of the present and the hopes for the future. I don't know if people have this experience, but I find that I regress. Okay? I regress into roles that I thought I shared years ago. Does anyone else have this experience? Okay. Even as parents, not only as... Yeah. As soon as we walk into the familial home, we lapse into old contexts, old stories, into fear, vulnerability, and competition. And this is if we are fortunate enough to have a familial home to return to. For many of us, all of these old contexts and these old stories are alive only in memory. How do we come to terms with the merging of these two worlds? How do we return to relationships weighed down with baggage, with a sense of space, of empathy, of curiosity, inviting divine presence into this place? How do we stop the playback loop of family dynamics? And actually, if you'll let me, I just I want to digress for one second. In music, when we talk about dynamics, dynamics are the zest They spirit the melody line forward. They deepen a song's pathos and character, and they make us fall in love with a piece. Without dynamics, music is two-dimensional. So why is it that outside of music, when we use the word dynamic as a noun, as in, me and you, we have a dynamic? Why is it that we're speaking of stuckness of an immovable obstacle in a relationship, just the opposite of movement, the opposite of three-dimensionality. So how do we transform this dynamic into something dynamic? <laughs> how can we appreciate the music in these relationships? Tender pianissimos, surprising crescendos. For Yaakov, the physical convergence of past and present, becomes a growth opportunity. He integrated his father's story, which previously he had been blind to, and sees his father for the first time with empathy and with admiration. And this made way for the Divine Presence to appear to him. Many years ago, when my family celebrated my grandfather's alava shalom, uh, 70th birthday, we asked him, Can you remember a happy birthday from your childhood?" We knew that he'd had quite an unhappy childhood in Germany. He said, Oh, yes, I think it was when I was 11 years old. My mother promised me a railroad watch. We asked, Did you get it? He thought for a moment and said, No, just before my birthday, my mother was back in the hospital with depression. So he said, so it wasn't such a happy birthday. I guess not, he said. But I promised myself that when I grew up, I was going to become a psychiatrist. (laughs) And he had a a German accent, and for some reason when my father tells the story, he says, he says, psychiatrist. (laughs) Because my grandfather's family didn't have money, he left school at 16 and he couldn't fulfill his promise. My own father never knew this. My father, who had ostensibly come to psychiatry on his own, did not know until that moment that he was fulfilling a promise of an 11-year-old boy who would become his father. In this weekend of family reunion, where past and present collide, may we be awakened to growth and to new understanding. After all, it is this place, that place where Yaakov stood that was both Beit El and Har HaMori'ah merging together, that place will become Jerusalem, the navel of the earth, the Axis Mundi. It holds no longer only Jacob's past and present, but the promise of a future.